to episode three of season one of the African Boss Babes. My name is Coach H and I'm your host. I'll shortly be joined by my co-host, Knight Atieno. Today is super exciting. So a lot of us enjoy anyways. Around, it's around um, infidelity, you know, and the streets and why culturally in society, instead of essentially working things out with your significant other, your husband, your wife, your partner, sometimes it's just tempting and easier for you to go for, uh, you know, the side chick and cheat, whether it's for one night, whether it's virtually, whether it's actually physically, whether it's like a whole blown out relationship. But today we really want to discuss what that looks like, understanding the root causes of it, the aftermath of infidelity, how we can rebuild trust. And then we also want to tackle like seeking professional help and what moving forward looks like, which is where the write it off comes from, or will you work it out? Um, we're live here on Clubhouse and we're also here on TikTok. So if you'd like to join in the conversation, if you just have anything to share with in terms of this topic or, you know, you want to type um or come up on stage please let us know put up your hand i'll be happy to have you join us in the convo all right tonight atieno what's up what's up Hello. Hey. i am very excited about this topic because i have recently been uh <clears throat> um I can't call myself a victim of infidelity. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it's it's important for us to discuss this because I think some t a lot of times we are under pressure to um, ditch our significant other when there has been infidelity. And obviously I feel like having being a person of a certain age and having experienced um being on sort of both sides of the coin i feel uh, very much like i think it should be a case case to case basis you know case on case basis i um i don't feel like i feel very strongly about um infidelity uh, in general um but i also feel like depending on why it happened how it happened when it happened i feel like now i'm older i would have some grace for my partner i would obviously be hurt um but i feel like i would definitely have some grace for my partner when i was younger it was no no i would slash your bloody tires everything but now <laughs> now i'm i'm, I'm more mature <laughs> And I feel like I could literally sit down with the person after the hat was, you know, sort of had died down a bit and and maybe even listen to them and and hear why, as you say, um, why they decided to not speak to me, not communicate with me as their partner and go off and do whatever they did with whoever they did it with, whether it was physical or virtual, because I feel like infidelity transcends the physical. I feel like if someone is already planning to go and meet someone, if someone is in emotionally entangled with another person, but they physically can't be with them because of uh, geographical factors, I feel like that in itself is infidelity. So I don't know what other people feel like if you found out your partner was talking to you and wanted to meet somebody and the only reason they hadn't met them was because um, of geographical factors, would you consider that infidelity? I yield yeah. I think those are all, I really like that lovely intro and summary because those are all things that we really want to tackle in the conversation today. Um, 
And I want us to start by just understanding the root cause of infidelity. So like, what is it? What's the reason why people want to cheat? Are they disgruntled with their current relationships? Um, is it a matter of greed? Like you, you just, your eyes see and your eyes want uh, lack of loyalty. Like you don't have that loyal bone in, in, in you. Uh, trauma, where maybe you've grown up in a home where uh, this has been the norm in society. It's been normalized to the point that you don't know how to be in a, you know, monogamous kind of loyal kind of situation. So let's let's actually discuss that. Like, what is it that gets people to this level where they're stepping out of something that they've committed to and especially doing it behind that individual's back? That's the key here. That's the key to this conversation today because there are people who are in open relationships where you know that you're one of two, you're one of many, you know that you are a Friday night, you're a Thursday night situation, and you have you know, consciously committed to that and entered that situation. But there are people who, mm -mm, you didn't plan on that, you thought you were the only one, you thought this was a situation between the two of you and now, you found yourself being cheated on. So what are some of those underlying root causes? Please chat with us in the front channel. If you're here on TikTok, please comment there. What are some of the reasons you think people cheat? And then let's go over to Naita Tieno. Let's start with what are the underlying root causes of infidelity, do you think, in general? I think... Uh, personally, from my personal experience, I grew up in a in a in a household where, even though my father was allowed to um, sort of marry more than one wife, he still cheated on both of them. <laughs> so, so I guess my father was one of those people who um, just felt like. Um, he was on a seafood diet like if he sees the food he wants to eat it like if he sees a woman he likes he just wanted i think he just enjoyed the thrill of the chase and some people enjoy that thrill of the chase and they're constantly chasing um so i feel like that's one thing i also feel like sometimes um for example people who are whether you're married or not if you're in a committed relationship where you've committed to each other being monogamous and then children become involved. So suddenly you've got this young child who's, you know, taking the attention away, um, the mother's attention away from the other partner. And um, um, the mother being the person who's birthed the child in the case of having children um, sort of um, the natural way, you know, like being pregnant and all that. And so when the mother becomes sort of, entangled with the child and doesn't give as much attention so instead of the other partner realizing that this is something we both wanted this is something we as a family walked into this is something we discussed they feel sort of pushed out and instead of talking about why they the fact that they feel pushed out or anything like that they seek someone else to speak to and that can lead into something else in cases where, say, for example, um, one partner is very um, communicative and they know how to communicate, but the other partner is not as open uh, to communication. But what always um, gets me with this one is when somebody turns around and says, I couldn't speak to you, but you feel like you always create a safe space for them to speak. And then they go and start speaking to someone else and then they start flirting with that person and then they cheat on you, you know. I always feel like there is no need for that. And this is not me judging people. This is me just saying that when you get to the point where you can't speak to your partner and you find yourself speaking to other people, wouldn't it be easier to say, hey, babe, do you know what? I feel like we're not communicating. And I feel like I'm being drawn to talk to other people and I'm afraid where that might lead. 
you know, if you have that kind of, uh, of, of um, you know, sort of relationship. And if you don't have the safety of saying, and I'm afraid where that might lead, you can just say, it's drawing me, it's pulling me away from you. You know what I mean? It's making me feel like I don't want to be around you. I don't want to speak to you because you're not listening to me, you know? And I feel like a lot of times people are afraid of these difficult situation, um, conversations. So instead of having that conversations and a conversation and actually dealing with it, they go off and start talking to someone else and start flirting with someone else. And then, but the problem with things like that is when you leave this one for the other person, you because you are the problem you're the one with the communication problem you're the one who left because you didn't you couldn't speak to that person when things got tough which means when this is new you're enjoying it but as soon as things get tough you also wouldn't be able to speak to this person so when you are the problem you're just going to take the problem and then the cycle continues so those are three instances where i feel like infidelity um causes generally of infidelity in my experience and so yeah i think and there are some people who just like to cheat they just like to be duplicitous so yeah that's me <laughs> well i'm not duplicitous <laughs> where it's way of these english words that i'm just like okay um okay so the first one i can see diana has written a comment here around how you know the fathers like the men in our in our lives don't realize that when they're busy uh stepping out when they're busy you know doing their own thing they don't realize what effect that has on their kids because the child is watching how the mother is reacting or you know i'm not even going to just keep it on the men because sometimes it is the woman but the child feels and observes what's happening in the home and don't know that they're actually picking up those behaviors right so i can definitely um agree with that as well and then the interesting one that you brought up is what did you just say around night you just mentioned something around mothers like the kid yeah because i find that for example my second marriage, second marriage. yeah I always say that, yes, we had issues, but as soon as I had a child, that was it. That marriage was over. Yeah. Yeah, because my attention then went to the child. And so it was very, very um, clear that the father felt like I was, uh, you know, <laughs> loving the child more than him and so therefore that caused all sorts of problems and i was like listen we have this child together we decided to have this child together do you get me this is an infant it's helpless it can't help itself you're at work all day i'm at work and at home but at home most of the time so the vast majority of care is left to me. So of, of course, it's going to look like I've bonded with the child more. It's going to look like I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking better care of the child or whatever, you know. I have to say, though, he was very good as well. He was really good. But I just feel like um, as a mother, I felt like I needed to do more I needed to be there more so obviously my attention was taken away I did not expect that to happen because I am in no way naturally maternal but when it happened to me and then eventually I just felt like this guy was being too much on me and I ended up starting to talk to other people because I just felt like I couldn't speak to him do you know and eventually we broke up you know, not in the nicest way, but we did break up. I was young, I, you know, whatever. But I just feel like, yeah, having having a child, people should really talk about how that will affect their relationship. Nobody prepares you. Nobody even wants to talk about it because people just think, oh, yeah, we want this kid. We're going to be all romantically in love with the baby, but still even more in love with us, with each other. <laughs> just wait for the fights to start. Oh. <laughs> 
You there, coach? I like how you're making it a threat to be like, just wait for the fights to start. Um, and I guess that's where, like, really, this is a conversation we always had have here on the African Boss Babes, like, <sighs> making it a habit to chat about where you're at in your relationship, like doing that health check, you know, to, I've, I've seen these types of new content rolling around. I don't know if it's new to me, but this content where it's like, have a weekly meeting with your person, you know, find out what, what do they have planned outside of a, you know, a to-do list, just be like, how are you feeling emotionally? How are you getting into your Monday or your Sunday? That way you have regular check-ins, like regular intentional check-ins to say what's going on. And that's a good time to speak and voice out that, look, I'm not feeling too good this week. Um, actually don't like the tone you used with me last week or, um, I have to go meet this whatever person that is very good looking and I know you're usually threatened by, but it's a situation of A, B, C, D. Before this thing blows up into something, you have normalized having chats and conversations in your lives. So I think that's very important. That's something that I would leave us with today where let's let's normalize opening up chats opening up conversations in whatever language you are comfortable with because i also feel like the talks around um healthy relationships are very english oriented especially for us africans in the continent <laughs> um bilingual people sometimes you express yourself better in your language and that is fine like just choose ways to talk don't think about how pretty it looks as long as the message is sent out so so far we've discussed um some of the underlying root causes and now let's say the infidelity has already happened like you already you 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 as Knight said, there's someone who just likes cheating. Like you like you, what is it called? You're an icy, what's that, what's the diet? <laughs> the one for? Oh, you're on a seafood oh, diet. You see food and you want to eat it. Yeah. In this yeah, case, women are the food. <laughs> or men, a seafood or, men diet. or whoever it is that you're attracted to, basically. And, and I like that because, you know, a lot of um, men are typically the ones blamed for this cheating thing, but women are also actively involved in it. I think maybe they are sometimes are just a little bit better at doing it, but that's not what we're talking about today. So say the infidelity has already happened. Um, how do you cope with it? Like, how do you cope with the aftermath and how does that go about? Because one thing i know right now is that it's easy to be like okay you know divorce okay uh breakup uh night you're speaking earlier where you're like now you're at the age where you're a bit more understanding you want to hear out what's going on you're not ready to like just dismiss it altogether. so let's talk about that how do you cope with it after you've been betrayed and also as the cheater <laughs> you know, the betrayer, how does that, like, how do you cope with that? The guilt, the anger, the betrayal, the hurt. Let's, let's talk about that for a bit. I think a lot of times we tell ourselves stories in our heads, you know, for most people who've found themselves cheating without planning to cheat, you sometimes tell yourself this story in your head where, um, you tell yourself, oh, it's over anyway. This person has done this. This person has done that. This person has done this. So in my head, it's over. We're not sleeping together. We're not doing anything together. Rah, rah, rah. But you haven't had that conversation with the other person to say for sure, for sure, it's over. And until it's over and both parties know that it's over and the other person doesn't know, I use myself as an example for this. Yeah. I was married, my second husband, and I felt at that time, I was like, what, 27, 28, you know, when I started feeling like this thing was over, you know, 
And I think I was just immature and I didn't know myself and all that stuff. But looking back, I definitely stepped out on him, you know, because I feel like even though I told my myself in my head that we're separated, we were not separated. I moved to Kenya, but in his head, we were still together. Do you understand? So obviously me seeing someone else, that was actually cheating. But at the time, I didn't look at it as cheating. At the time, I was telling myself, oh, we are co-parenting. But looking at myself now and how I would communicate it to my partner now, I know for a fact that I stepped out on my marriage. Yeah, I didn't see it that way then. And that's another thing. We as human beings are so, um, so how can I put it? so good at telling ourselves stories you know and it's not just when we cheat it's when we eat the wrong thing it's like oh yeah i've been good i've been so good for three or four days do you know what i'm just gonna treat myself and then you treat yourself today and you treat yourself tomorrow and you treat yourself the next day listen if you're eating cake every day it's part of your staple diet it's not a treat anymore you know and it's the same if you are constantly talking to other people outside the remit of your, you know, what is agreed upon. Because as you said, Coach H earlier, it's what you've agreed upon. This is, there's no universal thing that says, if you do this, you've cheated. If you do that, you've cheated. No, it's what you've agreed. If you, if your relationship um, says that if you physically do something with somebody, then you've cheated. You know, if that person understands it that way. So therefore, if you're just talking to someone, if you're just flirting with someone, that's not cheating within that relationship. Then that's what's within that relationship. Then you haven't cheated. Yeah. Because according to your relationship. Yeah. But if it, if just flirting with other people, which to me. Yeah. I shouldn't be if I'm in a monogamous relationship, I'm open to all sorts of relationships. But if if you make me monogamous, you best be monogamous yourself. You know, so therefore, if you're flirting with someone else, in my opinion, I count that as cheating. Yeah. Coach. I'm here. I was just struggling with network for a bit, but I hear you. Um, and I, I can see. um Eliza, Elizabetta has joined us on stage. It would be so lovely to hear from you. Maybe just take half a second to introduce yourself and then give us the thought, your thoughts on this conversation. Is it something Knight has just said? Is it just around coping with the aftermath? We'd love to hear from you. Please take over the mic and share with us for the next like two minutes. Thanks for inviting for writing me up on stage. So uh, I'm Elizabeth and uh, the topic of the room seems to be very interesting in all fairness. And yeah, what Knight have shared is, um, it's very, it's quite honest and it's, um, it's truthful, you know, there isn't any, so some people who come across these apps tend to uh, live it, tend to live in fantasy land or they tend to give you a glimpse of their life that is quote unquote um, perfect. You know, you don't see the imperfection that comes along with just being a human being. Um, so thanks for being um, honest with your story. Um, but I do want to touch on what you said because you mentioned something along the lines that society don't necessarily talk about the reality of having a child and the and the reality of, of of women having to deal with having of giving birth to a child and then the relationship the dynamic um of have of balancing that love and affection between your partner and that child is something that um he we we I suppose the older women in our generation Sorry, not in our generation, to all the women in um in my own families have not really sat down and outlined the different issues that you would face you you would come across. It's kind of um the concept of 
leave, they basically live, live, living you to, living you, letting you learn it for yourself, uh, leaving you out for the dogs to basically, um, yeah, for the dogs to basically have you to to themselves. Um, but yeah, for having a child is not something easy. It's it's very traumatic for um a woman's body and so forth and i think overall if if we keep um sorry we we i'm just thinking of something else here now uh we keep emphasizing the need for sorry the value if we keep attaching the value of the value of a woman towards um towards having a child or or getting married that restrict the woman's uh that, that restricts a lot of women um in, in a particular box and um but i suppose that uh, the reason the, i have this perspective because i live in a different world altogether i and i do have to say it out loud there because it's 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 sad enough for me to know that my nieces who are living in east um in east africa don't have that reality and um and and yeah having a child is not something easy it's it's not something that it's not it's not a walk in the park it will change you forever and you cannot take it back you can't take it back and if you and this is the thing about it right your child the, the, the one thing that you're going I'll, I'll land with this that child that human being that you're going to bring into into this world your best will not be the best. You might think it's the best, but they will hold you accountable as a woman and ask and force you to basically ask the questions that you you refuse to ask yourself uh, or be honest. Basically, why did you pick my, 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 my dad? How, you know yourself, like it's just in-depth questions that you might struggle to be honest with yourself as a, as a, as a, as a woman. When you make when you make relation when you make um, decisions based on wrong decision based on maybe picking the wrong partner partner and so forth I don't know what the story is but overall your children will hold you accountable whether they actually verbally say it to you or they don't engage with you later on in their adult life. Alan Lefrain. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, um, and thank you as well for being vulnerable and just sharing a different perspective where honestly, um, what I can say is that if you have not stepped in those shoes of being a mother, then you wouldn't fully understand. And of course, for the men, then they absolutely don't understand. But what I'm picking up from the conversation today is that you do transform into a different type of being once you've brought life to earth. And it makes sense, it's not acceptable, but it makes sense why your partner will start feeling like they cannot recognize you anymore. They'll start feeling like they can't relate with you anymore. As Knight was sharing earlier, they might start feeling like they're not getting the same attention that they once got from you before that child arrived. And sadly enough, these are the things that um, lead people to this road of infidelity and saying that my wife's body is not looking the same way. So now I'm looking for a painting with a small waist and whatever, not realizing that your wife is busy trying to adjust to her new lifestyle. You know, she's trying to um, cater for this new being and what she needs is your support. So thank you so much for sharing that. I just wanted to um, appreciate that. Shout out to all the mothers out here in these streets. We see you, we love you and keep doing you. Shout out to all the men and uh, baby daddies and partners who are supporting their mom, their baby mamas. Um, and not, you know, 
adding to their stress but actually helping them knight what do you have to say based on what elizabeth just shared I think it's so important what Elizabeth has said, because um, in terms of uh, accountability, you know, as adults, we make decisions. And for example, like myself, when I made that decision to walk away from my marriage, I knew that I was taking my toddler with me and this would affect uh, the relationship that he would have with his father. And it did, you know. But also, as a woman, I knew that I did not want to be in that relationship. I could not be in that relationship for many, many, many reasons, you know, that I'm not going to go into right now. Shit happens, you know. But another thing that you just mentioned was about uh, our bodies changing. And it's not just women's bodies changing, yeah. So I meet someone today, man or woman, and they're like, peng, like literally, look at them, six-pack, everything. Like they're taking care of themselves. They go to the gym, they eat healthy, da 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 As soon as they land you, they start drinking, they start doing shit like that. They literally become um, someone else that you don't recognize. Yes, things change, but I feel like when people change their values, that's another thing that causes people to cheat, to step away from relationships, you know, when you can't recognize your partner. But then again, we go back to that thing of communication. You know, if you're with somebody before they, they, they rack up that kitambi, before they get that dad board, it, it's it's incremental. This thing doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. And you see the habits changing. You notice that they're going out every Friday night or every Saturday night. And then you notice that they're not going to the gym. And then you notice that they're not taking care of themselves. And then slowly, slowly, slowly. And the way uh, Coach H was saying earlier, it's so important to have, you know, sort of um, check-in sessions with our partners. Really checking in and saying, yo, are you okay? However, this is not a complete immunization um, to infidelity. If someone is going to cheat, they're going to cheat. I say this because of my most recent relationship where I felt like everything was good. We just spent a holiday together. I swear to God, since we'd been together properly for about three years, we had never, ever been in such a good place according to me according to me we were having check-ins all of a sudden this person checks out i find out they're cheating i still don't know what happened um i feel nowadays as i've got older that um closure sometimes and a lot of times is overrated because, and especially with this one person, because I felt like every time something happened, we would talk so that we would finish it properly and remain friends. And then we would fall back into this toxic relationship that we found ourselves in, you know? So that's why we have to be so careful when infidelity happens and you find yourself, if it's the kind of person who's constantly apologizing for other things, once they get to the point where they cheat on you, you know that they're going to cheat again. And in most cases, they will. In very, 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 very rare cases where they don't want to lose you, rah, 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 they won't do it, yeah? But that's why you see, hear this thing when people say, once a cheater, always a cheater. Because when somebody gets to the point, especially where you're in a very monogamous relationship, where this is what has been agreed, when somebody gets to the point where they've stepped out and gone and slept with someone else, I feel like, to me personally, that is the height of disrespect. And that is the point where that person has just said, you know what, I don't even care about your feelings. They've trashed on your feelings and they've literally just walked away. And I feel like nowadays, even though I am willing to hear why they did it, I don't feel like I can get back with that person because I will always be thinking at the back of my head that if they did it once, they'll do it again. I yield my mic. Well, may I say this, right? I I, I think it's more complicated. I agree. No, sorry. I'm just kind of trying to think here now. Women that um, end up working out, working it out with their okay, with two their minutes lives. or one minute, please. 
Oh, okay. You can go around. No, keep going, Elizabeth. No, keep talking, keep talking. Oh, no. Shame. Okay, look, I'm going to reset the room real quick and then we'll come right back to you, Elizabeth. So please hold that thought. Don't forget it. Um, if you're just tuning in, a warm welcome to you. This is the African Boss Babes Club. My name is Coach H. I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Naita Tieno. We're here every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. South Africa time, 9.30 p.m. East Africa time. And essentially, we started this space so we can be able to hold um, safe conversations, social ones, ent entrepreneurial ones, while considering our continent's infrastructure and culture. We're currently streaming live on TikTok, so you're able to see me there. And we're also here on Clubhouse right after the episodes are uploaded onto Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you want to listen to the replay and to the people who are listening to the replay, shout out to you. We appreciate you. Um, please do leave a comment as to how you enjoyed the show because that really helps us grow. All right. So today we're talking about infidelity, and this is a very sensitive subject in society. Uh, so far, we've been able to just understand what causes it, like what is the root cause. And then we've also talked about coping, you know, so, okay, the infidelity has happened. How do you cope with it? Another important topic that has come out today is um, just the perspective of how family dynamics change when you are for example you get into motherhood and now your body has changed and now you're raising a whole new child and obviously that has an impact on how you interact with your partner and a lot of people end up cheating because of that specific situation so right now we've also before my break has been we've also gone into talking about um falling into that toxic cycle because i can see a comment on the front channel where some people are of the notion where don't like you don't forgive you might forgive but you have to leave like because once a cheater always a cheater and i'm going to hand over the mic to elisabetta right now to take it from here um if you had something to say based on what what knight just shared or just this cycle of you've taken this person back right you have forgiven them and yeah what are the chances that they'll do it again and what does that do to you and your your self-respect essentially all right elizabeth over to you um it's it's a trap i think patriarchy um ultimately traps women to battle with the <laughs> let me just give you like a, a metaphor uh, a quick scenario right now you know it's when when let's say you're married for 15 20 years and you have three kids with this guy and he good profession you have good profession good income and so forth everything going well until he cheats on you and you find out but ultimately you realize that how to put this when you have kids right and they're the kids women are forced to ultimately make the decision of if if you end up walking away you end up being a single parent mother um and that pressure in itself is it's a lot for one person to take whether that's psychologically um financially um every aspect you know so i find that you know, women who um, who are in upper middle class status uh, tend to stay with men who are cheating on, on them, their husbands that are cheating on them, um, in order to in order for their children to grow in a two 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 um two income household and um and they will try to make it work out as much as they can they, but they still have separate bedrooms and so forth they live in different worlds but they still raise their child their, their children in one in one household um now i'm not saying that's the good thing or, the, or that's a bad thing 
I'm just saying, um, walking in, walk, walking out and trying to maintain your dignity as a woman is a price that you have to pay when you give gave birth to three or if let's say you have three kids or a, a human being, because then you're not just thinking about yourself, you're thinking about that person as well. And I'm in vain. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Knight, I think you can definitely add to this because you were faced with this exact situation, uh, weighing those options. And in general, let's just chat about moving forward. Like, what does that look like? Um, seeking professional help. How important is this commitment? Who did you guys make it um, for, you know, against? And what does that look like when it's broken, when that trust is broken? So Knight, please please share with us. I think it's it's very important what Elizabeth is saying, whereas as, as, um, when it comes to people who have cheating, uh, who have children, um, you know, encountering infidelity. Uh, for me, certainly, um, I came from a family where my mom was never going to leave. She still hasn't, <laughs> despite my father doing whatever he wants. Um, she will never leave because I feel like women of a certain generation just never left, you know. And f uh, lucky for some of them, their husbands died young and left them <laughs> to not deal with any of that shit anymore. But uh, for some of them, it continued. And because of how uh, that generation were raised, it was like, Vumilia, just stay. Uh, at first, you stay for your kids and then you stay because you want to be called Mrs. So-and-so and then... You stay because now you've been here for 50 years. What's the point of leaving? Even though you've got still another 10, 20 years of your life, it's almost like because of, again, as Elisabetta says, the patriarchy and how things are done. This is how it's always done. Women are supposed to, to, to persevere. Vumilia, vumilia, vumilia. It's like you're supposed to persevere and suffer and and bear it almost like where you're suffering uh, with pride. It's like when you hear them swapping horror stories, because our parents, I don't think, believed that we were intelligent enough emotionally or even in our heads to understand some of the stories that they used to talk about. So our mothers would meet in their chambers, you know, on Sundays and share their bloody horror stories. I call them horror stories because these women, the things that they went through in their houses, you know, like in terms of infidelity and stuff like that. I have a friend whose father had, in those days where HIV was still a death sentence, became HIV positive, went on the antiretroviral drugs, never said anything, was taking this medication, had infected the mom, and she obviously wasn't protected, even though he was taking the medication. And in those days, the medication was almost useless anyway. It would lengthen your life a little bit. But because she'd been exposed for so long, there's nothing that they could do for her by the time she noticed and realized what was happening. Do you know, and, and this is what I'm talking about. When you have somebody who's hell bent on eating here, sticking his thing everywhere, you know, and, and, and just not caring about and vice versa. There are women out here who just feel like um, they can't keep it in their pants. People out here who feel like they can't keep it in their pants. Now, if that is within the confines of your relationship if you're in an open relationship or whatever it is you describe it as this is not a conversation for you there is no judgment here this is a safe space for everyone that is your relationship we're talking about people who sell monogamy and don't practice it we're talking about people who sell monogamy and go out there sticking their things in people and letting other people stick their things in, in them without protection therefore putting other people's lives and health at risk.
you know, and especially for the young people. We know now that there's things like chlamydia and stuff like that going around. It's rampant stuff that can render somebody infertile, you know. So I feel like when somebody decides to step out on you, they are not just disrespecting you, your soul, who you are, if you've decided as a couple to be monogamous, but they're also potentially shortening your life, potentially changing your life in ways that you haven't signed up for. If somebody gave me something that made me infertile and I always wanted to be a mother, I don't know if I could ever forgive that person, to be honest. Or if somebody gave me something that then made, meant that I had to take pills for the rest of my life and it's not something that I had signed up for because I'm not in an open relationship, I don't feel like I can forgive that person. So yeah, I, I, there is things where we can talk and we can do this, but moving on is difficult if you decide to stay. There's a lot of therapy. There's a lot of work that needs to be done when people decide to stay. You can't just decide to stay and fight over it for the rest of your lives. I yield my mic. May I ask this question? May I ask this question? Okay. Um, go ahead and ask and then I'll go and I'll move on to Diana. I want us to discuss cultural and societal perspectives next. Elizabeth, let's go. Your question? Yeah, the question is basically uh, uh, this. Um, if 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 we are, especially with the older generation, if they if they knew what they're dealing with with the type of men that, you know, as you mentioned in your in your, in your submission night that um, they've shared horse stories towards each other, why did why is it that they continue to um, held down their bargain of uh, birthing more children to that society? I think with our mothers and our grandmothers' generations, especially for our grandmothers who then raised our mothers, there was no birth control for certainly for most of our grandmothers. And then they raised our mothers knowing that you just had to stay no matter what. Men are men. Men will be men. Men will do whatever men want to do. You haven't got a choice. If you leave, where will you go? If you leave, you have children who will want you. Do you understand? You were brought up with all these things. You're already married to someone else. If you leave, the other man won't accept your children. Dad, it's all these cultural things that made women stay, you know, things that now don't matter to us. Again, another thing is as soon as most of our mothers got married, they left their jobs if they had a job at all, or they got married at 18, never having had a job or at 20, having maybe had just one job. And then you have a child and another child and another child. So you've got three consecutive children. And in those days, nobody was going to employ you and give you flexi time. Do you understand? So as soon as you had that first child, your life was over. You didn't have a choice. And now you stay and you have you have to have to submit to this person because without them financially, you're nothing. And most of them were told, do not come back because we don't even have that money to give back for the Mahari, you know? So it was just a, a literally, it was be, being caught between a rock and a hard place. And unless a woman was very, very strong and said, you know what, no matter what, and there are women who did it, no matter what, I'm not going to put up with this foolishness. And they left and they raised their children. But again, they never, a lot of them didn't seek to get married again, didn't seek to go anywhere because they felt again, like their children wouldn't be accepted, rah, rah, rah. all those things they grew up being told, all those things they grew up telling each other, all those things they tell each other, oh, but mine is worse, but mine is worse. So when you hear someone else telling you my horror story is worse, you kind of think, well, actually mine is not so bad. So however bad yours is, you're constantly comparing and constantly thinking, well, that one is worse and that one is worse and that, oh, I, actually I've got it good, even though you haven't. <laughs> that is true. And, and, and I'll finish with this. It, it is true. And I think it's sad. It's sad enough that they've they you know they've had to go with that and and um basically sacrifice themselves, be the sacrificial lamb, um 
within that society. Um, I just wanted to pick up a different angle to today's conversation where we've really, really spoken about it from the woman's experience. And I like that we're talking about the societal norms because these same wives who are sharing horror stories, their husbands, their men, um, and even outside of marital institutions, like just dating, uh, read stories where I'm in an African mom's group on, on Facebook. And I've seen stories where like, women are now going to date again you know you've met someone and she's like no everything was going great i even met his friends and the only reason why i hadn't been to these guys this guy's house is because he lived with his sister and his brother um lo and behold sister is not sister sister is actually wife you know and all these friends that she had met she had never actually if she sat down to think about it she'd never met their partners their wives their girlfriends so what's happening is these guys are coming here you know that typical narrative of oh my gosh you're so amazing you're the best girlfriend he's ever had you're the best wife he's ever had they know this person is cheating they know this person has a wife at home with three kids but they're entertaining it you know and the other perspective that i wanted to give is is yes there's the women like okay i'm 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 the victim but i know that there was a time in my life where i didn't respect relationships either so i was the cheater um came from a two-parent household you know they're christian there was a loyalty as far as i'm concerned um so i can't even say you know i didn't have brothers i can't say that i was in a space where i was being influenced to cheat um between like within my upbringing but within social circles it was something that was super celebrated like just and and it's something that i kind of just bought into where i'm like ah you're with someone today someone smiles at you they talk to you whether i have a boyfriend or not whether i'm in a relationship or not that didn't really mean anything like essentially relationships did not mean anything to me you know they in terms of loyalty in terms of commitment um I was happy with a one night stand. I was happy with going out to, with someone. I was happy with texting people online um, and, and flirting with them and exchanging nudes and doing all these things. And I think it's important for me to share that perspective because it's just a, a mindset I had picked up from my social groups. It's just a mindset I picked up from my social groups, you know, and only after a bunch of, you know, reflection and healing and self-awareness and thinking like, why is it that I don't respect relationships? Why is it that relationships feel like such a burden to me? Like they're so boring. What do you mean? Like, yes, I like the person I'm with. Yes, I love the person that I'm with, but not to the extent that I have to give them my everything and lock myself up with them, you know? Um, and yeah, those are just things that I picked up and people around me, I think I also just saw a lot of cheating and I was like, I don't believe in commitment. You know, I'm not seeing anyone who actually does it. Like you're dumb enough to believe that happens. So this is a norm. So let's continue pushing that narrative. And I think just to conclude on that point is uh, where I'm at today is that I've been able to realize where that mindset came from. And so what I'm doing now is really trying to embrace what commitment looks like, you know, and how to essentially um, recognize, but also silence uh, desires that may cause much bigger problems in the current commitment that I'm on, that I'm in, right? So that's where I'm at, I'm like, okay, 
this is something you're in. What are the side effects of, of stepping out? What if the people find out? What is that? What is that going to do to my partner? What is that going to do with their trust level to me and our relationship? How long is it going to take to rebuild that? Um, what are the side effects? You know, so I'm really at a point where I'm like, okay, if you commit to something, you commit to someone, then you know what? Try and build that, you know, try and, and stick to that. So guys, we have around five to 10 minutes left, but it would be interesting to hear from, from the ladies on stage. Diana, I saw you came up on stage and then we'll go back to you tonight and a little better after that, D. Okay. Um, I just have, um, I really love the angle that you came in and I wanted to come in and say this. First of all, can you please do a part two of this conversation because it's so valid and where you are just tapping in is exactly something else I want to explore further. Because in terms of cultural and um, I just want to speak on behalf of uh, men, I am a Kikuyu woman. Um, it's a very well known joke that Kikuyu men, there's like, there's the main wife and then there's the side wife and everyone knows about each other. And anyway, I could use previous ex uh, examples of presidents. I shan't divulge, but anyway, um, but uh, all I have to say, Kibaki, and what was it? <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. And, 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 and the reason why I just want to add that, and it's not that I'm advocating for, for these, um, for men and this, this the conversation, because I've been listening and I just couldn't get up, come up on stage. Um, it has felt very much women's side, but um, something that I'm remembering that I had a conversation in a Kenyan room a few months ago or weeks ago is that can we also normalize that sometimes even cheating just because, um, especially in the African culture, because we are in the African boss babes and especially like those of us who are predominantly Kenyan audiences or wherever. Um, I just want to add this and just say like sometimes with the men, um, and I cannot believe I'm advocating for this, but it's like, well, I'm a man, this is what I'm supposed to do, essentially speaking. And and it's not that even there's an intentional of um, uh, bringing child, bringing birth into life or anything of that nature. There is this other spectrum and there's a huge part of me that I'm starting to think that maybe this is um, another conversation that I think we need to look at how uh, our men self-harm. Like we know they drink and they don't communicate or anything of that nature, but even this promiscu promiscuity, promiscuity, I, I hope I got that word right. That's another form in my element and I don't know, I'm not learned, I'm not educated, but that's something I would love to add into the mix. and. FYI, something to put into the conversation, Coach Age and Knight. Um, and the other reason why I came up on stage in terms of culture, can we also talk about the pressures that uh, society puts on people? I came up because I wanted to use the example of Derek Jackson. He was catering to a plethora of us women who I will even say myself because I just come out of whatever I'd experienced. And it reminded me like, you know what, I'm actually, I, I'm actually got a little bit of something. I've got some, I've got some substance to me, but that's because I had been in a particular, you know, circumstance or whatever it is. Um, thank goodness I have my own beliefs of, of children or anything of that nature. However, um, there is that cultural element and especially even as women, like it's a huge deal. And for us to say that marriage isn't a big deal for women in 2023, especially younger women is a lie because it is absolutely vital that need to be with your beloved and to find your significant other. I really resonate with it. How that looks is, is different for each couple. And the other thing I also want to add into the conversation is that um, it wasn't that long ago that we as women also, and I'm not trying to end it all like one of feminist movement, but it wasn't that long ago that we could have bank accounts and it wasn't that long ago that we could own or buy anything. And that's just we as black people and black women. So I completely understand why there is this movement of women such as myself who are saying, no, I'm not choosing to have children or anything of that nature because we've witnessed our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers or anything of that nature. Um, 
I personally do not see it as a sacrifice, but I also understand, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm a Kikuyu woman, so, you know, and I'm from Yeri, so, like, my, the women in my family are a little bit unique. This is why I've got the balls that I have. But that's something I also wanted to add into a conversation. That is a whole lot of overload, but I yield my mic. Thank you, Coach H. <laughs> Thank you, Dee. And thank you so much for, I know we haven't had any um, men come up on stage or even share it with us on the front channel, but that societal pressure where you are just doing it for the sake of doing it, I think is something that's real, you know, um, something that's celebrated and yeah, I think we should definitely, definitely have a part two of today's conversation. I do want to hear from everyone in the room on the front channel. So the question is, work it out or write it off. So where do you um, lie when it comes to this conversation? So just write, like when it comes to infidelity, it comes to cheating, either type out, work it out, you know, go for counseling, forgive, nini, 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 nini. Or write it off, like the first instant of cheating, whether it's virtual, just a sniff of it, you bounce, you end that conversation. I really want to hear from you guys. So type in the front channel, work it out or write it off. All right. So because this conversation is a good one and a hot one, and I think it really does easily flow into the conversation that we have planned for next week which is around dating in the workplace right so your thoughts on that like do you should you is it a yay or a nay should you date in the workplace what are the complexities around that um how does it affect your career your social life there like there's just a lot and if you have not yet um added yourself as a member to the african boss babes please do send your request so i can add you to this club so that you can join us every single week as we have some of these conversations i think it will be a good um part two of of this chat to continue with it next week okay so for the ladies on stage i do want to hear your last thoughts on this d thanks a lot for sharing um elizabetta i'm gonna go to you so please uh two minutes just give us your final thoughts on today's topic and then we'll go over tonight and i'll close off the show for today elizabetta Yeah, thanks Mary, for having me on stage. Um and overall good discussion. Thanks a lot, and you're welcome into our future rooms. Um Night Tatino. Yeah, um I feel like it's been a really good discussion and I feel like Dee has brought up some really um good like a very good sort of uh, angle to it. And I feel like I wish we had had more men on stage to sort of um, give that man that man's point of view. But yes, that peer pressure, that culture of why do you only have one woman can be very it's 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 very um, sort of it can play on a man's mind like, oh, can you not afford more than one? Can you not? I, I, you're not man enough if you only have the one wife or, you know, stuff like that. So even though we are pressured to stay, they are also pressured to do certain things that are seen as a real man should. And the way Dee was saying that um, a lot of these things are like self-destructing, destructive, um, you know, traits where I feel like if I do this, she might leave me. However, I also feel like I need to be impulsive and self-destruct. Maybe I don't deserve her. Maybe I don't. Do you know what I mean? It's that thing where instead of talking to your partner and saying, you know, I'm feeling a bit insecure, you feel like I'll just go and shag someone else because that might make me feel better about myself. And then you know it's not going to make you feel better about yourself because what you actually need is to talk to your person and say, do you know what, yeah, when you do this thing, it makes me feel a bit emasculated. But we're not going to have these difficult situ uh, conversations, are we? We're just going to go and shag other people. Anyway, it's been a really good conversation today and I'm really grateful for this topic. And 
I go and uh, do my healing quietly in the corner. I yield my mic. <laughs> it's the healing quietly in the corner for me. Um, yeah, guys, we've been here for an hour. We're closing off the show. Uh, and we would have totally loved to have gents come up and speak to us so that session is definitely open for the next time because the reality of the universe is that men and women don't think they say the same way they don't function the same they don't reason the same but somehow we have to live together and i, I just don't know how that happened but anyways um thank you so much for to everyone who joined us here on tiktok here on clubhouse um please do join us next week at 8 30 p.m south africa time 9 30 p.m east africa we love chatting to you guys we love engaging next week we're talking about relationships in the workplace dating your boss dating your colleague and all the drama and dynamics that come with that so please join us for that chat as well i'm your host coach h wishing you love and light until next time thank you and goodbye